0: I know you're going to love this Chris This is the Rich Eisen Show Robert Sala speaking about Aaron Rodgers If Aaron says he wants to play, play Live from the Rich Eisen Show Studio in Los Angeles So painful to watch And makes it even more painful to think That Rodgers could actually return And if that happens the Jets could be Done because they can't score a touchdown Earlier on the show Senior writer for the MMQB Albert Breer Chiefs defensive end Chris Jones Actor, director, and comedian Bill Burr. Coming up, author Don Misher. And now it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen show is on the air. Bill Burr just left our studio. Holy cow, uh, what a great two-segment appearance that was from one of the best of the best at what he does, making people laugh and observing, um, in a way that uh is unique. To him. <laughs> and um, it was great Unique. to have him here. And then as soon as we say goodbye to him, Chris Jones pops up on the Zoom. And we had a chat with truly one of the best defensive players in the Love National it. Football Love League it. and defending champs of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And um, Albert Breer, in our number one, your phone calls at 844 204 Rich throughout. I know we just mentioned uh, author Don Misher, but he is uh, yet yeah, technically an author. Uh, He is truly one of the most famous directors in the history of the medium of television. And the moments that he has brought home to everyone from um, the Olympic opening ceremonies that he has directed, Muhammad Ali's torch lighting in Atlanta, uh, Super Bowl halftime shows. That's how I met Don years ago, um, interviewing so many of the um, uh, musicians that he was um, bringing home to you in in their Super Bowl halftime shows. I can't wait to get the story about Prince in the famed Purple Rain moment in the rain in Miami. Mm -hmm. And then, gentlemen, he has directed not one, not two, but three Academy Awards shows. Whoa. And I asked him a question I've been dying to get an answer to. Is he, as the director, the one who says start playing the music to play someone off of a long (laughs) speech? And the answer he said was yes. (laughs) We are going to find out the theories and the possibilities and the stories behind playing some of the most famous actors and actresses and directors off the stage. Keep it moving. Let's go. Show must go on. That was my one of my favorite Curb uh, uh, Your Enthusiasm moments in the last couple of seasons. Oh yeah, da 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 da. He starts. To, people start going people on going too long on and too long telling long. stories. Out, Larry, you'll just sit there, and go da 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 da. Oh my gosh, play people off of their stories. So Don is going to come out and he's. Gonna, I mean, talk about all the greatest hits. Um, that's coming up. Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the uh, number to dial here on the program. All right big-time Thursday night football game tonight. It is the Ravens hosting the Bengals. And as I mentioned, Ravens win. Bengals get swept. And they're 5-5. Five and five. And the Ravens are 8-3. and three. They haven't had their bye week yet. And they would match uh, the Eagles as the only members of the 8-win club as of right now. And get a two-and-a-half game lead on top of Cincinnati and sweep them, meaning Cincinnati's path to the playoffs if they make a nice playoff run would most likely have to be as a wild card. Certainly with the Ravens having a tie break on them and an 8-3 and three record over a 5-5 five and five team, that would be all she wrote, one would think, for the Bengals. Or the Bengals win this game in Baltimore, like another team from Ohio did last week, to avoid a sweep at the hands of the Ravens for the season avoid that dreaded sweep, and put themselves flat out in the mix to win this division. That's at stake tonight. And then we just talked to Chris Jones about the Monday nighter. So, after tonight's game, there are five intriguing games on the NFL docket. Once again, it is time for a, I think it's becoming a Thursday staple of our program. Love it. The top five most intriguing matchups of the week. This is for week number 11. Hit it.
1: High five. One, two, three, four, five.
0: Riches, top five. All right. Here we go. Here's my top five most intriguing matchups of the week. And it starts with the Arizona Cardinals Ooh, at the Houston Texans. You really? tell me this isn't intriguing to you. Interesting. I understand the Cardinals have two wins. So what? Kyler Murray's back, folks. One and oh. In his home state, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Undefeated high school player. He is coming back to the state of Texas, and he appears to be renewed as a new man, a new quarterback, a mature, take-responsibility type of guy, and the precocious, for sure, Offensive Rookie of the Year and potential MVP candidate. How does C.J. Stroud follow all of this up? His... Big time, last minute, fourth quarter, stones, not getting deer in headlights wins. Especially the one coming off of the one in Cincinnati. Texans, can they go to six and four? And beat the Arizona Cardinals, who come in completely renewed with Kyler Murray. I I love this game, early window on CBS. This is a lot of fun. I think so, too. It's a fun game. Number four on this list. How will the Browns look with DTR? And the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in with their smoke and mirrors and six and three record where there are no pictures in the standings. Let's go. All right. DTR didn't do very well against the Ravens the last time. And the Steelers are sending TJ Watt in your direction. And, and you know, the rest of that stellar defense. And can Kenny Pickett score points in the first half? You know, can they go ahead Complete and more like, than 12 take passes? a lead? But this is no slouch of a defense either two six and three teams in what is appearing to be entering week 11 toughest division in football for sure somebody's going to be six and four and unhappy about it and if it's the Browns then maybe you start getting that sinking feeling that Deshaun Watson being out for the season is going to be a difficult thing to overcome or Dorian Thompson Robinson it's your it's your show kid you got a championship defense ready to roll is this going to be like uh, Zach Wilson's Jets or can it be Dorian Thompson Robinson writing his own script here? And it's another magic carpet ride, and he's raising his hand saying, oh, don't give the Offensive Rookie of the Year award to C.J. Stroud just yet. What if I'm a Cleveland Browns division winner? I know that's a lot of magic and a lot of carpet rides right there, but <laughs> who knows? It could start yeah. this Sunday in a league where crazy things happen. Number three on the list of most intriguing matchups of week number 11. Hey, Saints are off. Falcons are off. You know who's on? Baker Mayfield coming off of a win. Snapping a four-game losing streak, visiting San Francisco. And just when you think, uh, okay, this doesn't intrigue me, Rich. Why does this intrigue you, Rich? Well, maybe the 49ers uh, aren't uh, as good as what we saw last week, right? That's what you think, Chris, don't you? Uh,
1: don't you think out uh, there? It's
0: a 12-point spread. I, I don't know how much is intriguing about I, this game. I got, I'm saying the Bucs can go in shock everybody that would be get shocking, that would be shocking. T- they would take a, the lead of the nfc south if they win this game because they already have beaten new orleans who are on a bye, sitting there at five and five the bucks can make some shocking hay here and the 49ers let's let's see it let's do it again this is a winnable game that you're supposed to win and let's see it this one fascinates me as well number two I uh, I I I keep putting them on this list, and I I understand you're tired of them. I am too, and and I root for them. But the Jets at the Bills are number two on this list because the Jets can go into Buffalo in Western New York, sweep the Bills. Have a better record than the Bills and have a better record than the Bills. <laughs> this insane. can absolutely happen. That's crazy. And and you know, just continuing on with the Jets' point of view here, if Aaron Rodgers is showing up in his you know Desantis hokas. And sh- and and he's not limping, and he's and he's 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 looking the way that he looks, and it's entirely possible that he's coming back this season. This is it. This is the week it starts because on Sunday they take on the Bills in Western New York and can sweep them and overtake them, and then the following Friday, first ever game after Thanksgiving day after Thanksgiving game against the Dolphins at home. Rubber begins to meet the road here, but if you lose and you're four and six and you stand a possible four and seven in the face, it doesn't matter how good Rodgers looks. Is he going to come back? I mean, these are the moments it's time. Whatever the player-only conversation was had amongst the offense, can it actually cash? And then the Bills have a new offensive coordinator and Josh Allen and the Bills' offense, it will be a very difficult defense that they are facing. Could you imagine you're switching up your offensive coordinator on a short week you play Monday you got to come back Sunday. And this is the Jets defense mm. that you're facing. It ain't easy. This is fascinating to me. It's almost like that was a panic move. Number 1 on this list, it's a no-brainer. Everybody knows. It's the Super Bowl rematch on Monday night. Yeah. I I mean what what more do you need to know? Hurts, Mahomes, and Eagles, Chiefs, and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, and Travis Kelsey in this defense on uh, on Kansas City, and uh, and then you know you, you find out apparently the the Swifts and the Kelseys are going to meet each other for the first time. Why is that news? To uh, be you honest. know what? It's it's news in the entertainment world, and um, and uh, so they're going to meet for the first time, and um, you know uh, what better way to do it than uh, Then sit there on uh, on the worldwide leader in sports, and uh, and watch a game that the whole free football world cannot wait. And wisely, the schedule makers made it where both teams are coming off a bye. So hopefully, everyone is healthy and ready to roll. And we say Mazel Tov to the Swifts and the Kelsies. Maybe I should send them some deli meat. (laughs) Is that a thing? No, not in Kansas City. I think you know Stone Street's just going to say what? What are you going to send them? What? Send them a brisket. Send them what? Okay, Eagles-Chiefs, most intriguing matchup for week number 11. You I think, think we down. need one more? Oh, sure, I'll oh. more. All right, we'll I'll give you on one more. I almost went the Lions and the Bears because, by the way, if the Lions win this one, because Justin Fields yeah, is coming feels, back. Fields is back, yeah. And, and it. It's intriguing on this front. I, I looked it up. The Detroit Lions have not had eight wins going into Thanksgiving since 1991. The last year they won a playoff game. Jeez. And if they win that game, they'll have eight wins going into Thanksgiving. It's been that long. Wow. Okay. But I went with this one because they've won two in a row under their interim coach, and they were both against New York teams at home. This one's a different story for Antonio Pierce and Spillane and Crosby at all. Going to Miami – and take down the Dolphins coming off their bye with Devin a Chan coming off of his IR stint apparently looking really sharp and Tua showing up with his new hairstyle and take them out. Now you're talking. However, the Dolphins need a win. They need a win to get that seventh win, certainly when the rest of the division doesn't appear to be very good. This one is intriguing to me. We'll check it out. Two times early one two I, I get it. I, I, big, I know what you keep telling me. Toe. Spreads to me. I'm just saying what's expected. I, I'm just saying why it could be intriguing or why I'm 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 gonna I'll side eye it. How does that sound? For I you. can feel it. Thank you. Side eye is a good good word. Those are terms. my uh, most intriguing matchups of week number eleven. Who are you leaning in uh, the Monday night game? You got to lean. Uh, can you give me another day? Sure. Give me another day. Oh, that's tomorrow. Uh, let's get Kelsey on the show tomorrow. Oh, I see. I, I need to get the information. Okay. I need information. So you're leaning Eagles. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm. I i do not know how I'm leaning. How are right. you leaning? Okay, okay. You want to tell me how you're leaning now? I'm leaning. I'm leaning Eagles. You're crazy. <laughs> <I'm>...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this just did. Whatever you would have said. Hey, you would have said I, said. I would have said. Right. <laughs> Try the other way. Try the other way. How are you, how are you leaning on Monday night? Uh, Weaning Chiefs. You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that works. It's a bet. Uh, all right, let's get Don out here. Uh, and then at the end of the show, we've got fantasy advice and then the tale of two teams in the AFC East. You know? But before we uh, get Don Misher out here, um, let's talk about game time tickets. Let's do it. Ah, yes. Game time tickets, if you are looking for events in your area to enjoy, sports, music, comedy, we just had Bill here, Um, and theater events, game time is your spot. It's so easy. You can just in a couple of taps buy tickets and get a ton of clarity. What do I mean? You can see the view from your seat before you buy. You know exactly what to expect when you arrive, which is great when you got kids. Any obstructed views? Get those seats out of there. And then there's all in prices that shows your total upfront. So you know you're getting a great deal before you even check out. You take the guesswork right out of buying tickets with Game Time. It's easy. Download the Game Time app, create the account, and use the code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Restrictions do apply. GameTime.co is what you should visit for terms. Again, create an account, redeem the code RICH for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And I want to. Don Misher is coming up next. Some great stories: Muhammad Ali, Michael Jackson, and more. Prince. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts people, or as you might know from their jingle, "O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts." They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs Back here on the Roku Channel Radio will join us in a little less than two minutes. Ten seconds to air my life in the director's chair. The brilliant director, Don Misher, is here on the Rich Eisen Show. Great to see you, Don. Good to see you, Rich. I was about to say the first time we met had to have been in the mid-aughts when NFL Network was just coming to its own. Right. And you were in the midst of an incredible run directing Super Bowl halftime shows back in the day, right? I think maybe Detroit was the first time I met you. uh, That was the
2: Stones. The Stones, I think, yeah. The stones this rolling. Remember that? Stone. Well,
0: yeah, they, they're in Detroit where, by the way, I saw them when in college, when they were in the steel wheels tour in the silver dome back in the day, but this was Ford field.
2: Yeah. Well, we, we were, um, they were planning to go back mm-hmm. home and we wanted them to stay four days longer to do the Super Bowl halftime show. And they said, okay, but you'll have to cover our expenses. And, um, we thought, fine. Mm-hmm. Well, the expenses. One was a Boeing 320 jet that they, they had to hold for four days. I mean, it was just out of the roof. Was expenses. that Jagger's jet?
0: Jagger wanted the jet?
2: Yeah. Jagger wanted the jet. <laughs> I'm sure. Keith Richards just wanted an
0: ashtray. That's <laughs> uh-huh. all he wanted.
2: Right.
0: That's no joke. When I interviewed <laughs> both of them, Keith Richards, uh, before he walked in the room, they put an ashtray and an unlit cigarette in there. And I'm like, I don't know if they're allowed to smoke in here, even though they're the Rolling Stones. And they're like, No, he doesn't. He just wants it there. He doesn't smoke anymore. I'm like, Okay. (laughs) That's (laughs) Keith Richards. That happened. That
2: is Keith Richards. I know that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So that's how that's how you got the Stones to stay. That's how we got the
2: Stones to stay there. Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. Well, if anybody's got the Stones to say I want a jet and gets it, it's uh, (laughs) Mick Jagger to say the least. Okay, the book is called Ten Seconds to Air. And we're 10 seconds to our radio audience returning. My Life in the Director's Chair by Don Misher. Back on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by uh, as the terrific director of so many memorable moments for all of us. Uh, Don Misher's new book, 10 Seconds to Air My Life in the Director's Chair. I'm holding it in my hands. We're all books. Uh, are, can be acquired, available now. Great to see you, Don. Good, Good to, to see, see you. you, sir. What's the first thing you ever directed?
2: Oh, my. Um, probably my sister and my brother when I was making home movies. Is that right?
0: <laughs> no, right. So then the first paycheck you earned directing would be <laughs> The what? first
2: paycheck I earned was nothing, you know? Really? But, yeah, now I'm trying to think. I, I went to school at the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. I did not study television. I ended up in television as a result of it. And got a Ford grant to stay there and learn the craft of television. Mm-hmm. And so I probably directed some talking shows, talk shows and stuff like that in the in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But that's where the passion was lit, you know, and where I decided I'm gonna give this this medium a shot. Well then what, what is what is what's the first
0: big major live event that you directed then? Wow,
2: probably, um, well, the first big thing I directed Mm -hmm. was not live, it was a show on PBS called The Great American Dream Machine, Mm -hmm. which at the time, Time Magazine said was one of the 10 best shows, you know, on the air. It was an eclectic magazine show. Uh, Directing, I think it was probably, the first live show was directing the Houston Symphony. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which we did again for PBS. Then it was called NET. But, you know, getting in and, 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 and trying to visualize and capture the excitement of being in the middle of a symphonic orchestra yes. right in the middle of some great piece they were playing. So then yeah. the sporting event that was your
0: first biggest one would be what then? Out of all of the sporting The
2: sporting events? event would be the Super Bowl halftime shows. Now I did opening ceremonies mm-hmm. and closing ceremonies for like the Olympics mm-hmm. in Atlanta, the Summer Games, and the Olympics in Salt Lake City in 2002, mm-hmm. uh, the Winter Games. So there was certainly a sports connection there, um, but um, you know, I um, it's just it's just. And what we went through and 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 all the stuff that we did, it was just a really great experience to to, to do that. And the first Super Bowl halftime show you directed it was, was Michael Jackson in nineteen ninety-three. And um, that happened because in nineteen ninety-two mm-hmm. the halftime shows were not much at Super Bowls. Uh, in nineteen ninety-two, CBS had the Super Bowl and they did dancing. Snowflakes on the field. And what happened was that they got challenged in 1992 mm-hmm. by In Living Color, a black comedy sketch show. Yes, sir. And they said, during the halftime show, switch over from CBS to In Living Color and watch us on the halftime show. Yes. And then come back and you can uh, tune, you know, tune back into the game. And at halftime, when the dancing snowflakes came out there, CBS lost 20 million people in like 30 seconds well, on their radio.
0: Well, and Living Color is a terrific program. And it was. A,
2: it was. Yeah, I know, right. So so then somebody reached out to you? to. to... Well, what happened to finish that story sure. is CBS said, and the networks all said, the NFL said, we can't, like, put fluff in, the half, in, a, in, a, in a Super Bowl halftime show. Mm-hmm. We need something that's going to grab people and keep their attention. And that's when Radio City helped them book Michael Jackson. And they were going to go ahead and produce the show. I had a history with Michael Jackson, and he said, I want Don and his company to do this. I don't want Radio City Music Hall because I trust Don. I've been working with Don. We'd worked on a lot of stuff. Like what? Commercial work or whatever? No, no. Motown 25 where he first did the moonwalk. Okay. Um, Did you know he was going to do the moonwalk that night? um, No. I got to tell you how that happened. Um, Sure. When we did Motown 25, everybody wanted to do a Motown song and then their new song. Yes. Marvin Gaye wanted to do a Motown song and then do sexual healing, okay? We said, no, you can do one song, and it's got to be a Motown song. That's it, and we held firm. Mm -hmm. We knew we needed Michael Jackson, okay, Mm -hmm. and the Jackson 5. So he said, I'll come back and do um, uh, a a number of medley with the Jackson 5 songs, Mm -hmm. uh, tunes, but you must let me do a single, a new single I've got coming out. And initially we said no. And then we said I was working with Suzanne DePass, who was president of Motown uh, Productions. Mm-hmm. Let's just wait and take a look at what Michael does with Billie Jean. So the night before Motown 25, at midnight, the theater we emptied. Smokey Robinson and Linda Ronsted were in there. And Suzanne and I were in there. And Michael came out with the fedora, the glove, all of which you can now see in the Smithsonian Institution. Yeah. And did Billie Jean. And we looked at each other and said... We better put this on the air. <laughs>
0: okay? I bet. Wow.
2: And uh, and I said, who's going to take the call on Monday morning when Marvin Gaye says, What's up? You didn't let me do my new song, right? I said, I don't care. I'll take the call from Marvin Gaye. <laughs> did you get a call from Marvin? No, Gaye? we didn't. Okay. Nobody but- would. Nobody would look at that. What Michael Jackson did that time, that at that moment, and call and complain about it. So you you. You did know he was going to moonwalk, though,
0: or because you saw he it the night before? We did not
2: know that he was going to moonwalk, but we—he did all the moves, you know, and, and the costume and all that, and the moonwalk just happened. And you, as a director, was like follow. Like what, I just—I like, just followed him. I—I, I, the most interesting shot on Micah was a full figure shot, sure, but we call a head to toe. Mm-hmm. And so I had had that all the time on him in case I needed it. And when he started the moonwalk, there was no question about it. I was also at that time working with Mikhail Baryshnikov, the best ballet dancer of our century, defected from Russia. He said, that is the most amazing piece of dance and choreography I have ever seen. You know? And it, it lives on in history. Now. Don, Don Misher
0: is here. So many great stories. Uh, 10 seconds to air the new book uh, by Don about uh, uh, all of these stories. And so, Michael, doing the fir- that, that halftime show, what was that like for you in the truck and the chair? It whatever.
2: was, uh, first of all, we had to figure out a way to get a stage out there that would not damage the field. So we designed a stage that came out in about, 22 pieces. It weighed tons. It was on soft balloon tires. It could be rolled out, mm-hmm. connected together. It had a little dressing room for Michael. It had his band. It had wind machines, pyro machines, <laughs> all this stuff mounted in it. And part of the fun was seeing can we get this damn thing together in the three and a half minutes we had to put it together? And we just made it. And, um, but Michael, you know, Michael, it was magical. I mean, Michael was a guy who, if he came into this room, he would just sit in the corner and be very nice and polite and all that. And But when he gets on a stage, he takes control. I will always remember the first meeting with the NFL and with NBC. Mm-hmm. I brought Michael in and michael said went around the room and introduced himself quietly we sat at the table and the first thing michael said was "Now the first thing i want to do is move the start of the game 4 hours later <laughs> so that my halftime show will be in the dark and how did that <laughs> That's go? in LA yeah i that just is- said, there was silence in the room and i said michael you know that means that people are going to be seeing you at midnight and in New York, <laughs> it, it won't work, man. It so w- that's your work. way of,
0: of, of convincing it, Michael Jackson, yeah, the Super Bowl, uh, Bowl halftime uh, half is not going to move the kickoff. Wow. That is <laughs> well, funny, Well, that's one
2: Don. of the things dealing with the artists on the halftime yeah, shows. I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. The first thing you say to them is, this is not your show. You're not 100% in control of it. Mm-hmm. It's not like going out on tour and playing a big venue. Like the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. you are one cog in a whole wheel that is called Super Bowl Sunday. You're one little piece of it, and you have to obey by you have to obey and and follow certain rules and preconditions. Well, and 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 some of the rules and preconditions, as it turned
0: out to be. And I I love hearing how, because again, we take it for granted now, watching these halftime shows where the stage comes out and it just goes like clockwork, and it's elaborate, and it's something that's remarkable how they put it together so quickly. And you were doing it for the first time, and how with Michael Jackson and everything else involved. Um, you know, Prince, I remember part of the part and parcel is you got to show up on a Thursday, and you've got to have a press conference, and you've got to do this and that yeah. in front of the sports media. And Prince, I'll never forget, um, said, I am not taking questions. I'm yeah. just going to... Yeah.
2: Do a couple songs. Yeah, well, Prince and- said to me, I don't do press conferences. Mm-hmm. And I said, but there's going to be 500 people from the media here who want to see you and all that. He said, look, I'll pretend like I'm going to go up and ask her a question. Mm-hmm. But what I'm really going to do is sing a song. And that's what he did. He just sang a song it's at unreal. the press conference. It's
0: unbelievable. It was truly one of the most yeah.
2: remarkable things. And I thought like that would be
0: the takeaway of Prince's week, but then of course.
2: Yeah, well, no, came the, the rain the rain. We were always I was always worried about the rain. I mean, Prince, his stage was designed out of Mylar. It was kind of a mashed up male and female symbol conglomeration. Mm-hmm. He had two dancers, uh, called the twins, real long hair, eight inch heels, mm. and it was slippery to begin with. And when it rained on it, it was treacherous, and so I was just—I didn't sleep the night before because I said, "What happens if one of them falls down? Do we just keep going and step over her?" Sure, <laughs> oh, right. I, know. I mean, what do we do? And um, um, the the funny thing is, is that uh, counting down to Prince—he's underneath the thing, ready to go. We're like thirty seconds. To going on here for the halftime show. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden the heavens burst open and it just started pouring rain. what do you think? Well, what I I I called him immediately on my walkie talk and said, Hey man, it is really coming down now hard. I, I just want you to know. And he said to me, Can you make it rain harder? He did say that. He said that to me. He Prince saw that as an opportunity and he used it to give a performance of his life. I mean, the New York Times still calls that halftime show the best halftime show ever. Well
0: and rightfully so, Don. Yeah. I mean, and and and, and 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 even people who maybe haven't seen fifty of them, or half of them obviously, that used to be up with people and stuff like that. But that is yeah. truly so you're sitting in the director's chair and you must have had
2: so many options of iconic imagery right in yes front of i you. did and that was great because and a, a super bowl is covered with about 26 27 yeah, cameras right. and i had a few of my own in there and a few of my own cameramen so i had like 30 some odd cameras wow um and we were what what happened with that is it prompted Prince to elevate his performance and meet the challenge. The water started hitting the hot lights and it created a steam effect that kind of floated against the stage. Water hit the camera lenses and created hexagonal stars. And it became, I mean, it took my breath away. It wasn't planned, it happened. And it was just magical, ethereal. And um, it's what made, I think, what made that show so memorable. Can
0: you make it rain harder? Come yeah. on. I love that. Don Misher here on The Rich Eisen Show. Ma- the Muhammad Ali torch lighting moment, um, that was as moving as any Olympic opening ceremony, closing ceremony moment. And how did that come about?
2: The, we decided in the beginning. This had to be a surprise mm-hmm. And I thought about this for a long time, and I and it was it was like playing Russian roulette in a way, because Muhammad Ali no longer could speak. He had Parkinson's, his hand was shaking. And I kept thinking, what if he dropped it? Could he pick it up? Mm-hmm. If in the act of picking up the torch, would he light himself on fire? <laughs> I mean, it sounds weird, no, but no. that's what you have to anticipate when you're doing these things. Sure, of course. And um, the main thing was I wanted to keep it a secret. So we had a garbage room underneath the stadium. A garbage room? Where it, full of bu- garbage and cement blocks where we met with Howard Bingham, Mm -hmm. who is um, Ali's guy. Mm -hmm. I knew that if Howard Bingham walked into our office in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. people would recognize him. There were 400 people in the office, and they'd know we're going after Ali. It had to be a surprise. And I just wanted him to come out and stand there. No music, no introduction, no fanfare. Just stand there. And I was cutting the the camera feeds mm-hmm. and I let him stand there for like 12 to 15 seconds on a wider shot because I wanted people to wonder who is that. Sure. And they did. And they were saying, is that Ali? I want, you know, whatever. And then I took a closer shot of him, like a waist shot, mm-hmm. and the place just erupted. I mean, and I, the people were crying in the audience yeah. and, and it became one of those. Memorable moments, but keeping that a secret. Had everybody known it was going to be Ali, it would not have had the impact that it that it did. And even Bob Costas and Dick Enberg, who were narrating this, commentating on it, they did. I I said to Dick Ebersol, we cannot tell them who this is going to be. He knew Dick yeah. Ebersol, obviously. Dick Ebersall knew. There were about four or five of us who knew, and Dick honored that. Did not tell him. And Costas, when he was um, describing it, it was very, very eloquent. I mean, well, that's Bob. You at yeah, the right moment yeah, for everybody yeah. involved. So, anyway, that that's how that all worked. But if surprises in my business are real important. And yeah. they're rare. They're rare. And they're rare. And it's hard to keep them a surprise now, too. But, you know, I, the deal I had with Howard Bingham was because I didn't know if I could trust the Ali camp. Mm hmm. I said, if word gets out that Ali, even if it's as late as the morning of the opening ceremonies in Atlanta, if the word gets out that Ali's going to be doing it, I have the right to change, and I'm going to put Evander Holyfield in, who is also from Georgia, Yes, you know, and let him light the torch. Because I I had to play tough on it because I didn't want it to leak. Wow. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, well... That's the real deal. That's a- <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. Don
0: Mischer here on The Rich Eisen Show. In a couple minutes I have left, I, mean, I can go in so many different directions, but I'm going to go in this direction. You directed three Academy Awards ceremonies, right? Yeah. And it, you, you as the director are the one who decides to start playing the music over speeches that go too long? yes. How how does one go
2: about okay this well process Don that's really like playing Russian roulette <laughs> I'm telling you uh, here's what often happened when I did that okay you're you're pressured with getting the show off the air on time of course the ratings stay good if you get off the air on time so there's this constant pressure keep it going keep it going yeah so. I would sometimes have to make a decision. I'd have to play people off and start the music. And it never failed. Some guy would come out to accept an award. Mm-hmm. He'd start thanking his agent, his lawyers, mm-hmm. is this, is that, a litany of all these people. And finally, I would say, I got no choice, music. And then the next thing he would say is, and my mom, who I lost two weeks ago... Uh- <laughs> Up in heaven, Mom, we did it, you know? I mean, it never, it never, failed. Never, failed. never failed. Never failed. See, if yeah. they started with Mom, and then the, you know, yeah. then go to the agent. And then suddenly I'm going, no music, no music. Oh. No to, no to, you know I
0: mean? Did you ever run into an actor or actress who said, you know, what gives? Did that ever no. happen? Okay. No. So then who's uh, the most
2: famous actor or actress you played off the stage? Oh my God! I don't know that either. Probably Barbara Streisand or (laughs) something. He plays Barbara off the stage, John. Come on! No, I got to tell you, it's uh, it's um, that's the award shows are tough, man, because you can't control who wins, Mm -hmm. and you can't control what they say, and those are the two things that make award shows um, memorable. And successful, and that's where the heart and the emotion is. And uh, uh, as a director or producer, you can go wrong more than you can go right on an award show. But they did put my kids through college. (laughs) 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 This book, everyone should get
0: it. It's called 10 Seconds to Air, My Life in the Director's Chair. That rhymes. Don Misher. Uh, Don, I I could literally talk to you all day and I appreciate you coming here. You are are a legend. You are a legend in this business. And it was an honor to have been anywhere near your halftime shows as I was in the uh, in the early parts of uh, NFL Network and getting to interview some of these acts that you then
2: brought to life um yeah it's awesome but thank you rich it's fun being here and fun talking with you same
0: anytime anytime don misher here everybody should get his book so many great stories in it we'll be back to wrap up this show get you ready for thursday night football in a moment hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me i need a good night's sleep because if i don't have one just not myself you know the deal in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for JD Power 2023 award information. Visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything
1: wherever you listen.
0: You met Prince, correct? Yeah.
3: Well, yeah. i never forget. We were at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm security came to me to my seat at the end of the show or towards the end of the show and said prince wants you to come on stage i was like okay <laughs> yeah, he wants you to come on stage now uh, all right so i'll go on stage it's me whoopi goldberg cornell west Tavis Smiley, a bunch of other people on stage and we went to this after-hour spot after the concert, a place called Village Underground in, in the sure. village. Sure.
0: Oh, that's famous. Yeah,
3: and so, you know, because Prince likes to jam afterwards. Well, Prince just went to go listen to the musicians, and so it's Prince, his assistant, myself, and I see Prince lean over to his assistant, and then all of a sudden the assistant leans over to me and says, uh, I don't know why I do this voice, but it's like, right. Prince wants you to come back and have pasta and pizza.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was like... Uh, okay, and then Prince got up and left, and she got up and left. I don't know why her voice is so deep, because it was a woman. <laughs> That's right, she got up right. and she left. Because you were summoned. Yes. You were summoned by royalty. And there was, you know, an array of people uh, in the living room, and I went back to find Prince, and he was back there holding court with Tavis Smiley and Cornell West, and he looked up and he, like, smiled and gave me the peace sign, and I went back in, and we had pasta and pizza at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow. How did Prince like his pizza?
0: Um, this is very important it, no, The first, toppings First, r- off, is a window into one's first soul. off There was
3: no meat on the pizza And I didn't okay. see Prince eat any pizza <laughs> <laughs> uh, We would go to his house man for, for the house parties And it'd be Stevie Wonder playing the piano uh, uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner on bass uh, You know r- uh, Rochelle Farrell singing lead It was just amazing man And then you would It's like 5 o'clock in the morning His chef is serving you breakfast you're like, why am I at Prince's house at 5 o'clock in the morning, man?
0: Love it. Love all of it, man. So much fun. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and me. This coming Monday and all season long for free. And you can get in the zone with AutoZone. The free AutoZone fix finder service can help you find a fix for free. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I don't know. There's so many stories that Don just told, Don Misher just told, and stories. I think my favorite one is Michael Jackson uh, telling NFL executives in his first meeting, (laughs) can you push kickoff four hours so here in the Rose Bowl in Los Angeles it can be at night? I'm shocked that they didn't do it. And then instead Don, Don, Don d- doesn't tell Michael, listen, it's the NFL. They're, they're not, they can't move the Super Bowl for you as much as we love you. The answer is just like, Michael, that'll mean midnight in the East coast. Oh, oh, okay. So just keep it the way it is. Like I, I, that story is my favorite. And then just the confirmation of what we've heard in so many NFL films. Yeah. I think the, there's been coverage of the Prince halftime that, mm-hmm. that he said, can you make it rain harder? I, I, because I told Don That's as he's line. walking out I'm like what he, he could have easily said Prince could have easily said let's wait 5 minutes you know yeah is there a lightning what is it what does the radar can say we do it after the game you know let can we can we wait just 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 yeah. give it a couple more minutes before just see if it passes you know what does the radar say wow and instead he goes can you make it rain harder and if you're the director of this you're like and you're seeing 35 <laughs> ca- shots in front of you and everyone is more beautiful than the next you're like okay it's go time and then Prince I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Really cool. TJ Jefferson, it is time for your weekly fantasy advice update, brought to you by and sponsored by our friends at Prize Picks. Hit it, please.
1: All right, Yeah, like we do at this time. Week 11, let's get you guys ready. Let's do this quick. You know who's him this week? Jared Goff, believe it or not, against the Bears. Bears allow an average of 21.5 fantasy points per game to opposing QBs. And in two home games against Chicago as a member of Detroit, Goff is averaging 23. Uh, At home, you know, he's been a star on the road. It's been kind of tough for him, but they're at home. I'm looking for Goff to keep moving, keep it rolling. You got the Sun God. You got Sam Laporta. They've got a great running game. Lines rolling, man. Let's go. Uh, Aaron Jones, Brockman, believe they're not. Here's the deal, right? Every year, it seems like Aaron Jones has that one game. We'll have like a three touchdown game, a four touchdown game. He does it once or twice. He had a decent game at the beginning of the year. And then you haven't really heard anything about Aaron Jones, right? But. I feel like this, man. The Chargers are number four. Most fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. Nine backs have scored at least 13 per game against them. So I'm looking for Aaron Jones to be him this week. I'm looking for him to have a big game. Now not him. Unfortunately, there's a guy we partied with this guy, Brockman. We drank beers with him. You <laughs> took your shirt off with him. I did take oh, my yeah. shirt off, yeah, it's true. It Gabe Davis. <laughs> I know. Sadly, oh, I thought, you is Burt Kreischer not him? I'm yeah, like, wait a Gabe minute. He was Sally. actually there with us that yeah, night. It was, yeah, he was, and we had a great time. I know. He's a cool dude, man, but unfortunately, he scored nine or less in four of his last Ugh, five games. He's killing me. And he has a horrible history against the Jets. He doesn't play well against them. Rich, you know your defense is very tough. Um, in his past four games, he has ten catches for 135 yards, no touchdowns. Unfortunately, Gabe Davis this week. you have got a better option, said him, because he's not him. Trevor Lawrence, also not him. Look, man, he's he's not played great as a fan as a real quarterback. Sure, the the Jags are rolling, but we're talking fantasy, right? He scored more than 20 fantasy points just twice this season and only three q have more than 20 against the titans d they're sneaky good as a defense so trevor lawrence unfortunately guys don't see him being him now you know who might be him this is the header gut section there are two guys that i think if you got a chance to get them on your teams you should do so ty chandler running back for the vikings because madison's out The Broncos are number one in most fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. Hmm. Now you got Ty Chandler. He had 15 for 45 yards and a touchdown last week. Pick him up if you can. He might be him. And Trey McBride, tight end for the Cardinals. Last week, I thought Hollywood Brown was going to be him. It turned out it was Ty Chandler and not Brown Brown. He's got eight catches for 131 yards on nine targets. You know we love the high target rate, and that's what makes you successful in fantasy. So Ty Chandler, Trey McBride, look for them. If you can get them, get them, because they just might be him. All right, thanks very much, TJ. Our
0: fantasy football update sponsored by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. If you're ready to test your skills, join the Picks community. You must be present in certain states. Visit prizepix.com for restrictions and details. Gabe Davis is killing me. When I saw Tua tungo Viloa in Germany, you know what he was doing? He was clutching a little um, figurine, oh. plastic figurine, like a toy. It's his son Ace's toy, and he was carrying it around because that's when he's cool. on the road, he wants to have some part of his son there and his family there. I like that. So it made me feel even more stupid saying, why aren't you more salty? <laughs> Which I did anyway. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know if you, you know, if you know, I, I do a segment Salty it. He either didn't care or didn't know. I
1: don't know about you,
0: but that looked like money. And I told him, like, th- that's the guy I want to see more of. And he basically said, uh, my upbringing is not that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I respect my elders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm like, so all uh, well, the media are elders? Like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I was done pushing. I'm like, come on, I just want to see nice. that guy, the Salty Tua guy. And I had no idea what was more uh, possible was a cornrow Tua. <laughs> he showed up from the bye week with a new lid and it was all the buzz at his press conference.
2: Yeah, uh, got him done last week. So it's been in for a week and a couple days. So,
3: Was it your call or was it? It was, it was my call. call.
2: My, hair was, uh, my hair was outrageous. So um, I thought if I, if I didn't braid it or if it wasn't long enough that I just cut it. So I thought I'd just get it braided.
1: The uh, Twitter's already kind of ablaze. They think you look like Drake. But Drake uh, I don't know if I look like Drake Drake Can you rap?
3: Kiki uh. (laughs) Can you rap?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wifey likes it though? The wifey likes it She loves it
2: Gotta get her redone before uh, the game (laughs) Sweet Sweet Tila
0: is he too nice? That's why I said I want more salty. I want more salt in the diet, but that's just not him. I guess we have, we have the split screen. Um, what do you think? <laughs> pretty <laughs> cool. yeah, pretty good. That's that's good. good. That's pretty close. But uh, as for the um, opinionating on it, I have to turn to my right, the only guy in the studio with hair mm. at present. Yeah, well, that's a good <laughs> That's true. Because I can't comment. You can't comment. Oh, Felly. No. you're out. Yep. What do you think, TJ? Oh,
1: he, he pulled him off. He does? Oh, absolutely, yeah. He looks, he looks clean. I like it for Tua. Now, what if he starts... But most importantly, Rich? Yes. Mrs. Tua likes it. Plain and simple, that's I, the most important
0: thing. And I totally uh, agreed with that as well. Like that, obviously, happy wife, happy life. That's the way it goes. Um, but you guys know this already, right? Do not refer to Susie either in person or with her not in the room as wifey.
1: Don't yeah, do adding, that. Adding the Y, like that was interesting. wifey. That was interesting.
0: I don't know who did that.
1: Well, that's what the that's what I'm people just, call it. That's I'm just just, just caution. I'm just
0: trying to give you the yellow light on that one. <laughs> well, now you're going to have to say it to her. But no, oh, oh, you might yeah. be the only one who gets away with it. <laughs> me and Sue's are cool. I know that. But that was fun. Tua, two thumbs up. Kiki, I like it. Kiki, Kiki. call me on my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> No, you didn't.